tell me, Joe, uh, now that you've got a new cat, would if you had gotten it like a week or two later from seeing this movie, would you name it after one of the characters in the movie? <laughs> Gloria the cat. Gloria. <laughs> it's just like an old person name for a cat. I mean, I feel like you can get away with old people names for cats. Hey, Deborah, get over here. <laughs> Gertrude! <laughs> Give me a moment's peace and take out that trash. We pay taxes for people to come and take the garbage. Hey, listen, Greeny, no more sneaking rides to the junkyard. Yeah, man, take a taxi when you want to go to the junkyard. Welcome back to the Hot Trash Unlimited podcast, the podcast where me and Joe go to see movies, decide whether they're hot trash or not, and just have a jolly good time. We'll be going in-depth with villains this week, so spoiler well, who's, who's alert. me first off? Yeah, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's episode four, if you're not loyal <laughs> listeners yet. Um, He's Caleb, I'm Joe. Yeah, and like I said, we are talking about villains this week. Uh, we'll be going kind of in-depth on spoilers, but no one's going to see this movie, so Sadly. I don't think it matters. Sadly. I don't think this movie like deserves to make a lot of money. I don't think it deserves to make its budget back, honestly. I, <laughs> but it is so like weirdly entertaining in just odd ways. I hope it does the best it can. Yeah, so this is a small little movie, and last summer there were two small little movies that uh, one was the small little movie that could, and one was the small little movie that people <laughs> couldn't un- <laughs> unfairly compared to John Wick. <laughs> That's uh, Upgrade and Hotel Artemis. Respectively. Uh, I think this will go into the Hotel Artemis category of not making any money. <laughs> Although I should say, this is nowhere near as good as Hotel no, Artemis. No, 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 I was, I was going to say something when we were leaving the cinema. I was like, I think this is my Hotel Artemis of the year. But I didn't because it's nowhere near the quality of Hotel Artemis. No, but it is that small movie that we have seen and like we'll continue to think about and no one will know what no we're one, talking No about. one will remember it, yeah. Now, I'd like to take a stab at selling you. Judging by the broke down car... And the sorry state of my front door. I'd say both of you are on the lamb. Everybody get down! Next up, Florida! How'd I do? So, uh, Villains follows Mickey, played by Bill Skarsgård. Uh, patron daddy of the podcast, <laughs> Billy Scars. And uh, Jules, played by, I don't know her name off the top of my head. She's one of the new Scream Queens. She was in a... It follows Makia Monroe. Makia Monroe. That's where I saw her. She was in It Follows. Yeah. And they're two Southern question mark young adults who enjoy holding up gas stations and trying to get to Florida. Yeah, I should say that this movie doesn't really star people as much as it stars very fun accents. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in this movie is just going ham on the Southern accent and it is great. I've, uh, I've never been more proud to be represented, yeah. rep- represented, represented as a culture than through the stereotype of my accent. I mean, Skarsgård doesn't have an accent, I don't think. I was having this argument or argument discussion earlier. I'm pretty sure Bill Skarsgård is European. And yeah, like we has look a, this up. Because if he is, he's doing a, like a noticeable American accent. And if he's not, he's doing a noticeable accent for whatever. He was born in Sweden, but okay. I'm not sure when he moved over here. But good accent if it is if it is an American accent. He could teach our friend uh, <laughs> Benny Cumblebuns some, some tips. <laughs> a thing or two. Um, Monroe's accent fluctuates greatly. <laughs> I think she leans more into it at, in the end, but uh, yeah, 
when she gets a little more like scared and stuff. It's kind of like Anna Paquin in X-Men. Oh, God. Like, oh, yeah. Rogue is Southern. <laughs> but they so they're just delinquents and they run out of gas and find this old house, not old house, this house. That's like the only house on the on Highway 301. And they, they break into uh, excuse it. Excuse me, Joe. It's Highway 301. There we go. They break into it to see if they can find gas or a car. And they find a girl chained up in the basement and decide to make it their personal mission that they're going to rescue this girl. Now, and this is where the plot kind of derails. <laughs> this is what I like to call a, a situational horror movie. So it's like, it's like a sitcom. Yeah, so, that's very much it. It's not even that it's necessarily funny. It's just, it is so driven by this one scenario. It's like how in Crawl... The scenario is you're stuck in a basement with alligators. This is you're stuck in a home with two absolutely crazy people who uh, are This is what I wanted the family in Ready or Not to be. Well, to be fair, I think we do get some of those. But these two two actors, dude from Burn Notice and lady from The Closer, they don't have to compete with like four other actors. So they go ham on this delightfully ham. The reason we saw this movie is because I saw a trailer on Instagram from our favorite unlimited cinema telling us, telling us to go see this movie because it is exclusively in this chain, which makes it even sadder. Well, that just means that the studio did not care about it making money. (laughs) I think that's true. I think this was made for Netflix and I'll get into that a little later made for streaming. Yeah. Dude from burn notice and lady from the closer play our two antagonists. I say, because they're as much of the protagonist, I think. I'm rooting for them as much as I am the the, uh, the uh, Bill Skarsgård. Yeah, there's a scene very his girlfriend. Yeah, there's a scene very early on. The two couples are trying to uh, kind of make out a deal, and Burn Notice is just saying, "Well, I used to be a salesman, so let me let me sell you on this." And the thing is, he may not have sold the characters on why he is a good evil person, but he sure sold me. He sold me on, oh, I'm going to have a great time with this man, with this accent. And so the rest of the movie is just weird scenarios. They never stick to one. They always are changing it up. It's never them escaping, like wholeheartedly or it's just we're gonna do a new thing this time yeah and there's always a different reason why the people are crazy and it's just it unfolds and then there are long stretches where nothing happens but sometimes but i'm entertained the entire way through i should say i'm not but we'll talk about why that is maybe our villains they they kind of set them up at the beginning when the two delinquents are raiding the house as, oh, they like to kidnap people or hold people hostage and torture them, maybe? And then there's a family picture of them with a dead body on the on the bed. Aside from those two things, this isn't really referenced ever again. They don't bring up that maybe they're a little more deranged than they're letting on. They're pretty deranged as it is. And I think part of it comes from this movie does take itself seriously. It has fun, but it does take itself seriously. And I think part of that is like, it's trying to make this as realistic as possible. So it's not realistic that these, this couple would just lure people to their house and kill them. Yeah. But when it is advantageous to kill someone, they will. I think that's kind of how it went. Also the wife and the older couple couple is not, she's not violent. Mm. She has other reasons why she's crazy, but I found that interesting. They're both their own, unique shades of insane (laughs) and they just complement each other in the best ways there's a lot of thing happens 
Hurt's character first scene, character is fine afterwards. Yeah, this does not exactly have lasting consequences like a lot of horror movies do. And the reason I brought up that was a situational horror is because those usually have a pretty clear structure of the characters have a goal, then there's a complication that stops them from getting the goal, and they have to like adapt. And that's a really, that can be a really compelling thing. Here, though, it's more of the characters have a goal, they go about getting it, something happens, they go on a tangent, they talk for like 10 minutes about <laughs> like the psychosis of this woman, or like how Burn Notice likes to torture people, and then something else I'm happens. I'm going to kill you real slow. Have you ever had a gunshot to the head? Well, let me tell you. It's wild. And I think that's part of the reason I have a hard time engaging is because when they go on these narrative tangents, I don't care about it unless it is burn notice. <laughs> like Bill, Billy Scars is fun. He is the patron. William Scars. Yeah, William Scars. He is the patron daddy of our podcast. But uh, I think the only time I'm really on board with the movie is watching burn notice because he's just so like charismatic in this very weird and bizarre way burn notice is chewing chewing the scenery but like he won't really be saying anything interesting it's more just his delivery and his face and his little mustache and his accent that he decided is gonna be his character that i'm just all i'm with him the entire time well it's also there's a nice aesthetic to this movie like it's set this this older couple is very like 1950s yeah Harriet kind of deal and so they're gonna be the loving the loving housewife that cooks my meals for my husband and I'm the, the, the smart father who always come in with a piece of advice <laughs> or a gun. <laughs> but no, it's kind of like that where it's like, that's a fun dynamic that they lean into. Even when the cop comes in, the cop seems like he's kind of in on the whole, well, we're just a small Southern family in this backwoods that I think is Georgia because we're close to Florida. I thought it was one of the Carolinas, but they, it might be Georgia. Yeah. Who knows? I'm not sure the filmmakers did. <laughs> I don't think the film really knows anything. It's fine, though. Uh, but since I mentioned aesthetic, uh, you have one oh, stylistic my choice. Oh, God. Let me, let me look him up so I can call him out directly. <laughs> Matt Mitchell, dear God, I, you go back to film school. You do not need to change what lens you're using every other shot, especially that fish eye. Oh, my God. And then his... Oh, he made me so angry. I, I'm not usually a guy that like cares at all about the cinematography, but this movie took me out every single time they decided they wanted to get artsy with something. Well, that's the thing. This is a very like this is a very artsy indie movie. I can definitely see this like, oh yeah, this plays at a festival and then it gets picked up by like streaming and something like that. You know, I I can see the crowd this is going for. Mm -hmm. And those more playful shots, those shots that kind of draw you to the attention of the filmmaking. I, I see where they're coming from with it. Um, I don't think the fisheye is that egregious. It's definitely not conventional. There's there's so there's shots where it's like it's a normal shot where like a character's talking and then your eye slightly veers right and you realize everything's squished on the sides, but it's just a no, otherwise a normal like talking head shot. Or someone else will be in the background and their their face is slowly getting like phased out of existence due to the fisheye lens. Yeah. And then there's weird scenery shots where they're like doing a transition or something and everything's blurry as everything. You know what it is? It's like some head hanging. It's like, uh, 
imagine like Wes Anderson cinematography, but like not actually, but like someone who's trying to, you know, copy him. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what's like in a way. It's just it is in a movie that does at times want to be you know, more serious and wants to kind of lean into the, I'm not going to say realism, but, um, you know, they want you to think about these characters in a real manner. So like, it doesn't always commit and maybe as real as these cartoons could be. Yeah. It's cartoons. But I also think like the filmmakers want us to take something away from this movie. I don't think that that I don't know what that is. I don't know what on earth they think it is. If you break into someone's house and find a kid chained up, maybe don't, go for the kid and leave before the crazy Southern couple comes in, shoots you in the leg to where the blood appears behind your head, but then you're over the gunshot two seconds later. Uh, uh, that's a very specific theme. I wasn't picking up on that one. <laughs> it was subtle. I know. I was going to go have, with I have, like I have uh, an eye for those kind of things. I was going to go with like a moral relativism bent that they just kind of forget about at the end, but maybe something with gender, but... No, I just, I think the cinematography works for what it is, but I can see where you're coming from, where it maybe isn't consistent enough. Do you think anyone in that theater, like, knew what they were getting into? Do you think everyone walked out, like, as confused as I was? Well, I don't know, because I did not see the trailer. I, I knew nothing about this film. The trailer doesn't show anything. Like, I thought it was going to be, like, kind of a horror movie where the girl's a demon child. <laughs> it was not that. All I know is that I knew the premise... And that Billiam Scars was in it. But that's really it. So I don't know what people would expect going into this. There was not much reaction from the people. And they all cleared out very quickly. Very quickly. But I'm not sure if that's because like it's a Thursday night and they have better things to do. Yeah. Or if it's because this didn't resonate. Because I, I will be honest. You can have fun with this movie. But I really don't think uh, most people will get much out of it. Mm-hmm. So I want to go back to my thing where I'm like, I think this was made for streaming. Like they thought it was going to hit stream before Regal was like, we're going to try something and only release in our chain. I think the entire mix was in stereo. Either that or our theaters had the worst possible sound system. I don't think whoever makes that was not prepared to put that in a surround sound environment. We don't know anything about the production. Yeah, of this I don't. Movie. This is this is but a wild guess. It could very much be that these people, they're like a lot of filmmakers, and they do not value audio as much as visual. So while it's very visually impressive, were you hearing what I'm saying though? Where like every time they were in the basement, there was kind of that. I was like, are they going added. for a reverb thing, or but everything's just weirdly louder for some reason and doubled. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think they are trying to do an effect down there, but, uh, <laughs> they a, failed. <laughs> they failed like, pretty hard. I mean, at least it's audible. Yeah. Like I can, I can listen to it. It's just like, that's not what being in a basement sounds like. And it is very distracting, also, especially when you have well scenes, padded basement, there wouldn't be any kind of different yeah. sound. Like there was a bunch of stuff down there. Well, it's like, if you want to, if you want to have a different soundscape, like change up the ambience. Yeah. Like it's, it's technically not poorly recorded sound. It's just poorly implemented sound design. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I enjoyed this movie. I like, I think it was well worth the, thank God it's an hour and a half. Think I, I want all movies to be hour and a half again. It's, it's such a breeze to get through them, but like there's just weird things about production that don't usually bother me where like my mind would wander for a second. I would notice it. Do you think that's just because you're not used to movies that are more willing to make the audience aware of the filmmaking? 
No, because there's plenty of like directors that have their things. Because like I don't think I've ever heard you talk about cinematography before. Exactly. I've never talked about cinematography before. It my even in movies where I'm bored out of my mind, my mind doesn't wander to the cinematographers. It wanders to, like the plot. Maybe it's because there just wasn't like enough plot because I don't know what the plot was, honestly, at the end of the day. Well, I mean, you know, the plot goes back to that structure and that structure is constantly mm-hmm. kind of betraying itself. And then, I, yeah, I don't think there's really any narrative uh, to this. I, like I said, I think you can maybe find something about, you know, gender roles or, you know, moral relativism or something. Deep. Yeah, like, you know, I, I can see a college essay written on this movie. I can see me I writing hope, a hope, college I hope essay. for this movie's sake, there's a college essay written about it somewhere. The best part about this movie to me is the closing credits. It's some really fun animation over a Courtney Barnett song. Even the ending of this movie is weird. Like, it's that thing where it's like, it constantly is, is like, well, you've set yourself up. Let's move on to the next <laughs> thing. Oh, wait, nope, we're doing something else now? Okay, that's, that's okay. The girl actually doesn't want to be with her family. Like, you find out the mom doesn't like her, but the father does. But then the father's going to go kill her. It's like the, he's putting down a horse. The thing that bothered me was just, uh, you whispered something about this to me, where it's like, they have such a dramatic thing where, like, Billy Scars dies, and, like, they do this this, this uh, thing they did at the beginning of the movie that's <laughs> just Weird. delightful. I'm not even going to say more, because if you see this movie, I want you to experience it. Um, but then, and then the villain the dies. The tunnel of happiness. Yeah, and, like, we are at our narrative conclusion and then they're like, Oh wait, we still have one more character. And so they just kind of shove her in at the end, but it's just, it's such an afterthought. Yeah. Then they have the lovely, lovely conclusion with the home video footage that some stalker was footing. I filming. I assume, I assume the mom came back, came down to Florida and filmed them later, but yeah, that's villains. Villains is a a treat. I want to compare it to bag, a bag of Doritos. All right. Like it's uh, let's let's ride this train together, Joe. <laughs> it's um I wouldn't say anyone really ever craves Doritos. Disagree, but let's ride this train. <laughs> you see a bag of Doritos and you're like, yeah, I'll eat that. You see this movie, you're like, yeah, I'll watch that. You're watching it. You're eating it. Tastes good. It's entertaining. You're done with it. You're like, I don't hate myself for watching that or eating that. Made me made me feel good in the sense that it was satisfying and, uh, you know, no negative emotions associated towards it. But it's a bag of snacks. There's no lasting impression about it. It's not a fine cuisine or anything. Well, and see, I think that's that's where I would uh, I'd add on to your analogy. It's a bag of Doritos that says like kale on it. It really wants to be healthy for you, <laughs> but it's a bag of Doritos. <laughs> Um, okay, so we've decided what kind of uh, snack it would be, but we need <laughs> this to is decide. Be the new trend going on. We need to decide whether or not it is hot trash. Oh, I think so. Not, and it's it's good hot trash. I think where it's it's just entertaining enough to where you're not bored and it's not not worth your while. Yeah, I would say that there are definitely some parts that drag, but there is enough in here that I will say that it's some mild hot trash. It's some it's some uh some tepid trash. Yeah. <laughs> it's around a, 80 degrees, I'd say. Yeah, if you're in it for a quirky situational horror that horror again. Yeah, <laughs> scare quotes. Um then yeah, check it out. At least it's short. Yeah, 